As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. class because this program will affect every single one of us and this is the question today you know are you prepared to go bankrupt you know bankrupt's one of the most frightening words you know what happens when you go bankrupt and most people you know they they're conservative you know they they don't drink and drive they don't do anything stupid they're not wild investors have a good job they save money so they don't ever think about bankruptcy. But there's one place that many, many, many people do go bankrupt, and many, many more will go bankrupt. So many of you should listen, because this program is about you and preventing you from going bankrupt. And I'm just gonna tell this quick story. The reason this program came about, I was at my house, I made a little slip. I was cooking. A, I cooked a piece of chicken, and I was. It slipped, and I cut my finger. It's less than a quarter inch cut, less than a quarter inch. The problem is, it wouldn't stop bleeding. So I told my sweetheart Kim. I said, you know, maybe I should go to the emergency room. She goes, ah, no, nah, don't worry about it. Just being a baby, it'll it'll heal. So I put all the medicine on it and taped it up. The next day was still bleeding, so I went into these, you know, these pop-up doctors called urgent cares. They just sit in a strip mall. I walk in there, I'm dripping all over her desk, and she goes, "Get out of here! We can't fix that." And I said, "Well, can I just talk to the, you know, the doctor assistant?" She said, "No, you can't. You got to pay to do that." I said, "Look, I just want her or his or her opinion. You know, can you fix this? Now you have to pay before you can talk to this assistant." So I said, okay, so I went to the emergency room, and I felt really stupid because the cut's less than a quarter inch long. It's just bleeding. So I go in there. I get two little stitches put in it, and the bill was 1500 bucks. I went, what? What? So my, my, my sweetheart, again, she's not here today. She's doing a talk to women. And I said, 1500 bucks. I said, you know, how do... How do regular people survive? How do you get fifteen hundred bucks? I have to crank out fifteen hundred bucks. That's a lot of money to me. How does the average person afford that? So then I go home and my finger blows up. It looked like this, you know, big fat condom sitting on my. F- I said, "What happened to my finger?" So I go back to the emergency room and they bill me for another visit. I said, "Yeah, but this is." You know, I was here yesterday to get it fixed. It's not fixed. No, no, pay again. So I'm sitting in there, and the doctor comes in, the doctor that did the surgery, and he just runs off. He won't even talk to me. You saw that finger, and, you know, I think he went to Mexico or something. So they sent in these three beautiful doctors, female doctors, and so they kind of calmed me down. I said, you know, what's happening to my finger? I came to get it fixed, and said, but you got to pay again. I said, wait, wait a minute, I just want to know what's wrong. you got to pay again. So I sit there, and then the one young female doctor says, we have to admit you. 
I said, how much is that going to cost? $32,000 for a quarter-inch cut that got infected, and that's it. So that's this program today, and that's kind of my gripe. What would happen if I had cut my finger off? Or what happened if I got in a car accident? What if I had a heart attack? How much would that cost me? And so today we're going to be talking to a doctor who is very upset with the system, how we rip people off. Also with me today is Tom Wheelwright. He is my Rich Dad advisor on taxes, and he's going to be talking about the consequences of you getting sick and not being able to afford it. Even if it's not you, maybe it's your child. You just can't afford the health care. It'll bankrupt you. So I'm going to go back again. When I was a kid, teachers were my friends. Now they're the enemy. When I was a kid, Doc Mitchell was my friend. Now they're my enemy because they can bankrupt you. Any comments on that, Tom? The most common reason for bankruptcy is medical. I mean, that's, that is that is the most common reason that somebody goes bankrupt, and it's um, – you know, with the the cost, as you explained, my son was in the hospital recently, and you look at those bills, and you go, "Wow, if I've got insurance, I'm good." But if I don't have insurance, you know, or I've got you know some glitch in the in the whole process of having that insurance, I'm pretty much screwed. I mean, it's just, I mean, it literally can be hundreds of thousands of dollars within a, a, a within a week. It was thirty two thousand dollars for a quarter inch cut one well, day, I, right? Actually, about thirty five thousand dollars when all the bills were stacked up. So let me give you some. 10 wildly overinflated hospital costs. These guys are ripping us off. To take a Tylenol, 15 bucks. $15 for one Tylenol. Total $345 on the average day. You know when you go in the hospital, they say take your clothes off and put it in this bag, this plastic bag? That bag is eight bucks. You know, I could have brought, uh, you know, one of my trash bags and paid less than that. They call this thing um, mucus recovery system. It's tissues, you know, so you can blow your nose. $8. Gloves, $53 per non-sterile pair of gloves. It can total $5,000 during your stay, just in gloves. Every time they come in, they change their gloves. A cup of medicine, you know that little plastic cup? They put a pill inside, $10 for that cup. It's less than a quarter of a penny. They charge you $10 for it. This is the good one. Oral admin fee to hand you that cup with a pill in it, $6.25. Holy mackerel. We're being ripped off. Any comments on that, Tom? <laughs> you know, the challenge, is, as you always say, is, uh, you know, what do we do about it? And so I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, this doctor, you know, what do we do about this? Because I think managing our health care is very much like managing our money. You know, we have, to, we have to learn, we have to understand it so that we can do something about it. So are hospital bills like a tax write-off? Well, here's the thing. Yeah, they can be, but, only, but not very often. Uh, most people know that you get to deduct that on your Schedule A, your itemized deductions, but only to the extent it exceeds 10% of your income. So if, if you make $100,000 and you have a $12,000 medical uh, payment, you know, medical expense, you get to deduct $2,000. You get to deduct the excess over 10% of the $100,000. So they're a little bit deductible sometimes, but only major medical expenses are deductible. So what what do you know about Obamacare? Is that going to would the, you know if I had gone in there I had Obamacare and they you know $35,000 for two little stitches in my finger. Well, well, you know what would happen? 
Obamacare has done a couple of things. First of all, there there aren't maximums anymore, so you you can't max out your insurance under Obamacare. What, what was happening before Obamacare? What, what was happening before was is that you had a limit on how much medical expense you could charge the insurance company, and after you hit that limit, you got every single bill. So Mike Sullivan, our CEO, he had one of those plans. It was ten thousand was the max. Right. So after ten thousand, it's on his own. Right, and and it was even worse. I mean, he was explaining this, and and this is the way this is the way it works. Is if you that that thirty five thousand dollars bill that you got, if you are insured, that bill goes down to probably five thousand dollars, and that's what's charged to the insurance company because they have an agreement with the hospital to reduce their bills. But if you're not insured, you have to pay the whole thirty five thousand dollars. So because I have insurance. The insurance company pays less to the hospital. Right. The hospital gets less because you have insurance. But if you didn't have insurance, you'd pay like 10 times or, or even more than that. And that's what happened to Mike is, is that they are, the, the insurance company said, well, wait a minute. You've maxed out. And the hospital said, well, once you max out, you're no longer insured. So is that when people go bankrupt? And that's when people go bankrupt. So once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking about you know the way that most, as Tom Wheelwright is the, my tax advisor, is author of Tax-Free Wealth. He's talking about the reason most people go bankrupt is due to medical and hospital costs. So if you have children, you actually multiply your risk, don't you? Well, you do because you're responsible. You're the responsible party for your minor children, so you don't get off the hook for your minor children. Are there? I know many countries have what you call uh, government health care and all the like Sweden. They don't worry. They, you know, they get free health care and all this. You know, America is a strange place because, you know, in Canada you have government health care. Do you have any idea why we don't in the States? Well, I mean, Obamacare is the, is the first step towards, uh, you know, uh, socialized, socialized medicine. medicine. I mean, that that is what – that's the whole purpose of Obamacare is to go that direction. You know, there's a lot of arguments. Is it is it a good way? Is it, is it bad, et cetera? But there's been a lot of fight about, uh, well, we don't want socialized medicine because we want to take care of ourselves. So when we come back, we'll be talking to Peter Pronovost. He's director of Armstrong Institute for Patient Safety and Quality at John Hopkins. He's one of the world's leading authorities on patient safeties. So I'm glad to see that some doctors are getting behind reform. But this is the final thing I want to ask you. If you were the director of a hospital, why would you have your bill so high? Why would you be, that's called, I mean, that's exorbitant. They're, they're, they're inflating it. They're inflating it because they've got they've got to deal with the insurance company to give them a, a, a break, a break. Yeah. So what they're doing is it's like okay, it, it's kind of like saying it's kind of like these 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 stores. Like you go to New York and you see going out of business, right? right? And so what they do is they say fifty percent off everything. Well, what they've done is they've doubled the price and then given them fifty percent off, so it's a normal price. I think that's a lot of what goes on in medicine is that they've increased the price to an unrealistic price and said to the hospital, yes, we'll get – or to the insurance company, we'll give you an 80% reduction. That's the deal. We'll cut you. We'll give you 80% off, and therefore you only have to pay 20%, which is still a profit for them. And as, as Tom Wheelwright, my CPA, author of Tax-Free Wealth, and he's the best CPA I know of, he says more people go bankrupt over what? Uh, uh, medical care than any other – any other reason. Right. And that, this is America. We realize, we realize Canada and many countries have socialized medicine, but for some reason we don't. 
and Obamacare has kicked in. It actually kicks in next year, 2016. The reason the show came about was uh, this, just this weekend. I cut my finger. It's less than a quarter-inch cut, but it just wouldn't stop bleeding, and it was painful. So I went to the emergency, uh, these one of the little urgent care pop-up places, kiosks, and they wouldn't talk to me. They said, well, you have to pay to talk to the doctor. I said, I just want to know if they can fix it. No, you have to pay first. So, and then says bleeding on her desk. She said, you better go to the emergency room. So I ran to the emergency room and I saw a real doctor, nice guy. And it was 1500 bucks to get out of there for two stitches. So the next day, the finger blows up and infected. I walk in, they wanted to charge me more for a second visit. I said, I just want to talk to the doctor. No, you got to pay first. And then by the time I walked out of there, I was admitted to the hospital. I had an IV drip of uh, antibiotics. And by the time it was said and done, it was $35,000. And as my assistant said, oh, don't worry. You got, you know, you have, you have health insurance. I'm going, yeah, but, and I have money. I can afford it. But Tom, is that when people start going under? Oh, yeah, for sure. They, I mean, uh, you know, just, just, the, just the deductible can put a, a hu- have a huge impact on somebody. And this was not a serious, you know, I could have just held my finger on it and it would have been okay. So I go in there, and I don't know if that's where I picked up the infection. But anyway, it just blew up immediately. I come in the next day, the doctor won't talk to me. He won't. He looks at it and runs. And like I said, he sends in three good-looking young doctors, which was pleasant. But it was expensive. So our guest today is Dr. Peter Pronovost. We'll just call him Peter, Dr. Peter. And he's a director of Armstrong Institute for Patient Safety and Quality at John Hopkins. And he's the world's leading authorities on patient safety. He's the author of Safe Patients, Smart Hospitals, How One Doctor's Checklist Can Help Us Change Healthcare from the Inside Out. So uh, what do you have to say about my story? Right, Robert, your story is... Uh so common and just brilliantly illustrative of some of the the greatness and and shortcomings of the American health system. You know, we perform miracles in medicine every day, but medicine today has medical errors as likely the third leading cause of death in in America, (laughs) and those errors are expensive. So if you look at, like, your finger, an uncomplicated, whether it's an operation or a trip to the emergency room, it, there, there's some expense to that, and we could argue if the prices are, are set too high, and we certainly set them higher than other countries. But there's not a lot of variation in that cost. But when you get a complication like your finger got infected, you double or triple or, in your case, 30-fold increase the cost of, of, complicate, of the, that care. And many of those additional costs or the complications are preventable if we prevented the infection or the mistake from the very beginning. What's also really key to know is so often Americans say, hey, I have insurance. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, all my, my costs are, are covered. I, I am an intensive care physician, so I work with some you know, very expensive cases. And routinely patients fail to realize that in virtually every insurance plan, not only do you have often a sizable deductible, but they always have 20 or more percent copay. So if you have a fifty or a hundred thousand dollar healthcare bill from a hospitalization and you have a twenty percent copay, well that could, as Tom said, bankrupt Americans. We had done years ago some research 
where we showed that, for example, of patients staying in an ICU over a week, about half of them had to declare bankruptcy. And it's really something we need to get our our hands around. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, my heavens. I mean, I'm I'm kind of speechless at that. You know, Dr. Uh, Peter, I read some, there's a list of 10 wildly overinflated hospital costs, and it says here they... uh, a cup of medicine, that little plastic cup, is $10. And then they charge you $6.25 to hand it to you. <laughs> I think that's a little Yeah, upset. so as your tax, I mean, well, this is, it's great to have uh, the, your financial experts with you to have a conversation with because one of the things that it, we really have to evolve in healthcare is our pricing and our price transparency. You, you may have read that. Prices in healthcare are set by this thing called the charge master, and essentially hospitals or all of healthcare kind of allocates a lot of their overhead in varying ways to the cost of that medicine cup or a pill or the staff to, to, to give it. But it's a quite uh, confusing way to allocate cost. There's really no other segment of the industry of the financial world that would run like that without knowing exactly what it's costing me, and importantly, what am I buying for that? And there's frankly just too few measures of quality of care that are available so that when you go to select a hospital or a doctor, you have full information with valid data about here's what it's going to cost me and here's what I'm buying for that. And, and, and there's, there's no other um, professional advisory service where you'd go to them and they wouldn't, um, and they wouldn't say, can I help you or not, and look at it first to decide whether to help you before taking you on as a, as a customer. I mean, here they, they take Robert on as a customer without even knowing what the problem is. I mean, th- you'd never have that with an attorney or an accountant or some other professional. Right. Well, you know, t- Tommy, we, you, you make a great point. One of the things we've been talking and writing about now is should the health care function more like the financial sector. And, and what I mean by that is, is in a couple of things. One is, you know, in financial reporting, you have the Federal Accounting Standards Advisory Boards, a, a group that sets the rules, and then there's auditing to make sure the books are accurate. There's a common book of truth on something like EDGAR, and then there's financial journalism where the, public's, the private sector analyzes it, makes reports to what you need. In healthcare monitoring of quality, None of that exists. There's no rules. So some measures of quality are quite accurate. Others are exceedingly inaccurate. There's no standards of how much they need to be. So any company could make a top 100 list, and you can be on some company's top 100 list in almost every hospital every time are. But it's hard to know what that means because they don't have to say what measures they're using to grade you by. It's a kind of a black box, and we don't know if they're accurate or not. There's no auditing to make sure the claims of quality or the, the performance that hospitals have are true and accurate. And, and um, there's often then no common book of truth for which you could do journalism to report these things. And, well, and, well, you know, and, and not only that, Peter, but, <laughs> but here, uh, you know, let's say that Robert's finger gets infected because of the doctor made a mistake. Now that costs Robert more, and the doctor actually benefits from making a mistake. Yeah, Tom, you're so spot on. Healthcare as uh, another really unique feature that it gets paid for its own complications and mistakes. I, I, <laughs> I, I noticed that. Really, I, I, run, you know, I mentioned these complications add greatly to the cost. And for years, 
then what happens if you need to be hospitalized? Well, there's more services that I have to provide. And so the, the, the bill goes up, and, and, um, and now the uh, federal government through CMS and private insurers are creating incentives to say, well, no, we're not going to pay the additional cost of a complication. Uh, and that movement is long overdue, but it still has a way to go because so many of these complications that we have are indeed preventable and yet they, the, the financial incentive is not designed to prevent them. It's designed to reward them. Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki of the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking to Dr. Peter Pronovos as well as Tom Wheelwright, advisor on taxes. And we're talking about what you have to do to protect yourself from the high cost of health care. And it's a leading cause of people going bankrupt. I mean, you don't even plan on going bankrupt, but you know, let's say you're in ICU, in intensive care as Dr. Peter talks about, and you're bankrupt. So when we come back... Yeah, and, 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 and Robert, I think making sure your audience knows what they're at risk for when they get health insurance. Right? And health insurance doesn't mean zero dollar at risk. It means I have a deductible and a copay, and they should know all about that. I know. We're talking about our CEO. He had health insurance, but it ran out at $10,000, and then that, that wouldn't even cover my finger. So anyway, uh, I want to ask you, this is a very, very big concern. What can the listener do? Yeah, so great point. There's a couple of things they, that they could do. Number one, if they are able to choose their hospital, in other words, it's not a dire emergency, and their doctor, they should make sure very simply that both the doctor and the hospital do routinely what they're going in for. Let me give you an example. There's some very high-risk surgeries for which there's strong evidence that if you do above a certain number, your outcomes are better. That might be cardiac surgery or hip and knee replacement, a very common procedure, or some cancer surgeries. And yet most of the hospitals in the country do only a handful of those. They're far below the threshold of how many you should do to be good at it. Well, they, let, me, but, let, me, let me ask this question, but my question is more, more on the money side. How do you afford that? I mean, I make a, I have a lot of money, and I was in shock. Is there anything a person can do to protect themselves from bankruptcy? On the financial side, there's a couple of things. One is they could make sure that they know exactly what their insurance covers and doesn't cover. And kind of the three things they should be aware of are, is there a total cap on my insurance? Most Many of them have that, and they need to be aware of it. Two, what's my deductible? that I have to pay out of pocket? And then three, do I have any co-pays or what percent of that is? So deductible Second, think, deductible is different than co-pay. Yes, right. deductible says I'm at risk for the first $1,000 or $2,000, and until I use that, then I have to, then my insurance kicks in. Co-pay is a simply percent of the bill that I'm, I I'm have to, to uh, pay out of my pocket. Any recommendations on evaluating co-pay and deductibles? Yeah, it, they generally vary by what your insurance plan floods. So just like a lot of insurance products, you know, if you want a higher deductible, you could reduce your um, premium that you're going to pay, much like car insurance or house insurance. And so I think people have to look at the. There's some tools like a medical savings account, Robert, as you know, I think you've, you've written about them that, that allow you to put some money to cover some of these expenses. And that might be a way to defend against or hedge a risk of the bankruptcy. Hey, $35,000 for a quarter inch cut, you know, that, that's, I don't know how people can protect themselves. 
Any other suggestions, doctor? Yeah, the other thing I would, to the extent possible, when you go in to a hospital, ask what my out-of-pocket cost might be or an estimate from this. You know, we often talk about (laughs) total charges. That's a great idea. And, uh, you know, there's not full transparency on those, but there's increasingly, like some insurers, uh, I believe United has a tool that you can look up cost or average cost for things. There's been a lot of work in California, for example, to report common costs for procedures that and the costs vary widely amongst hospitals and but those costs in some ways are less meaningful for me as a as a consumer than what do i have to pay out of pocket because the reality is i don't really care all that much what my insurance company pays what i care about is what i'm on the hook for and so asking do you have an estimate of -of out-of-pocket costs once again, Dr. Wan, thank you very much for your time. This is Dr. Peter Pronovos. He's the director of Armstrong Institute for Patient Safety and Quality at Johns Hopkins, and he's one of the world's leading authorities on patient safety. He's the author of Safe Patients, Smart Hospitals, How One Doctor's Checklist Can Help Us Change Healthcare from the Inside Out. Do you recommend our readers uh, read your book? Sure. It's a great it's, – I think it would open their eyes about – both uh, the potential and the hope about improving patient safety, uh, but the real problems that we have with, with, with medical error and, importantly, what they could do about it. Okay. Once again, thank you for your, your, your time. It's, I'm getting more depressed the more I think about it. But anyway, <laughs> good luck to you, and thank you for caring, doctor. And today we're talking about the number one cause of bankruptcy, and it's health care. And this whole thing started because this past weekend I was just slicing a piece of chicken and I nicked my finger. I mean, it's less than a quarter inch. You know, less than a quarter inch, but it didn't stop bleeding. And, you know, my sweetheart Kim is not here today, but she called me a wimp because I was going, holy moly, you know, there's something with this. And I want to go to the hospital. She says, ah, you're such a wimp. You know, it's only a tiny cut. So I go to this emergency pop-up kiosk and, they wouldn't touch me because it was bleeding so badly. I go to a, a real hospital with a real doctor. They charge me 1500 bucks. Holy mackerel. For two stitches, the next morning, my finger blows up. It looked like I had a big fat condom on it or something. All this skin is all blown up. I walk in. They want to charge me some more money just to talk to the doctor. When it's all said and done, I spent the night in the hospital, and it was 35000 bucks. And my question is, how does anybody afford that? So I'm just a little wimp. I get a little nick. But our guest today, she works for our company. She was one of the best people we ever had. Her name is Chris. Her story is incredible. For 27 years, she was one of Donald Trump's favorites. She was an illegal (laughs) alien. (laughs) And she hid and hid and hid. Now she's a a bona fide citizen of the United States, mm-hmm. and she's a tremendous asset to the Rich Dad Company. And also Tom Wheelwright, he's a CPA, he's my advisor on taxes, he's the author of Tax-Free Wealth, and you can contact Tom, he's the CEO of ProVision, you want to pay less taxes, call Tom. So before, we're going to go into Chris right now, and like I said, I'm such a wimp, it was a quarter inch cut, and I was crying like a baby. <laughs> now Chris got shot. And that's, that's something I've never done. I have no plans of having done. The point here is this. You can, you know, she's very healthy. Tom and I are healthy. We watch our diets. We exercise and all this. But one little slip and you're bankrupt. So, Chris, what happened to you? How, did, how in the world did you get shot? 
Oh, wow. So I was just in the wrong place, wrong time. Uh, a couple of friends of, of mine and I decided to go out for dinner one night, and we're at a stoplight talking and listening to music, and someone decided to open fire out of nowhere. No warning, no nothing. So changed my life dramatically in that moment. Um, where'd, they, where'd they shoot you? Uh, they, well, three bullets hit my car, two hit my seat. I was the driver, and two uh, hit my seat. So one makes it through, and it blew blew half my liver and impacted my diaphragm. Jeez. In a matter of minutes. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's split second stuff. <laughs> yeah, it just, we just decided to go out to dinner. And, so. then, and then what happened? And so um, in that moment, well, you know, ambulance had to be called, and, and, Everything just went downhill from there. So ambulance was called, and they took me over to the hospital, and, and that's when reality hit. Um, they had me in surgery for about six hours, and I was able I was able to survive 45 caliber. 45 caliber? Bullet, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Yeah. Holy yeah. mackerel. So. I am a wimp. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we were all thinking that, Robert, but thanks for saying it. No, that was, that was really nice. so what were the So what were the costs? I mean, how, so, yeah, um, I was in ICU for two weeks. I was in the hospital. And that's for, where Dr. Peter Provenos was from, his ICU. So that's, that's what bankrupt. Yeah. yeah, he said that 50% of people in ICU go bankrupt. Wow. Yeah, it was an expensive bill. At the end of the day, it ended up about 90000 and uh, luckily, I had insurance. They covered about eighty percent, but I still ended up with a twenty-five thousand dollar bill. Um, you know, you're out of work for three months, so it took me that long to recuperate. And that's when short-term disability kicked in. Luckily, I was employed. They covered, uh, they paid me still sixty percent of my check. But even then, you still have to pay your bills, and now you have this huge bill on top of that. So it took me years to work my way through and pay off that that twenty-five thousand. So the the bill collection, all the hospital work with you? Or who? They worked with me. Um, it was on a payment, but now you have another bill added, you know, another $300 a month that you have to pay until it's paid off completely. So it impacts you, and they will definitely take you to collections if you don't pay it. So you definitely want to work with them. Were they nice? Were they rude? Or? They were nice, but when you asked for your itemized list, I, I was curious as to, you know, why this bill was 90000 And when you start looking, they're charging ridiculous amounts for Band-Aids and, you know, gloves. They can pretty much charge you anything at that point. They saved your life, so well, you're definitely going to pay for it. Let me remind you of the glove charge. $53 for a non-sterile pair of gloves for a total $5,141. Every time you see the doctor slipping on that glove, that's 53 Yeah, that's bucks. just those latex gloves that, yeah. that, that cost three cents. Three so cents. picture them having to do that uh, to you every day for 30 days. Jesus yeah. Christ. It racks up pretty quickly. And then, like I said, Tylenol, one pill of Tylenol, 15 bucks. You could buy a whole blo- bottle for that much. Oh, yeah. Any comments, Tom, on this? Because it's, it's just blowing my mind. I well, it blows remember. my mind. I mean, uh, you know, we do see this. You know, the, it is the most common cause of bankruptcy, um, you know, outside of a, a complete financial collapse. It's, uh, medical is always the most common cause of bankruptcy. And I, I was just floored when he said 50% of people in ICU en- end up bankrupt. And you just go, well, what, what, what do we have to do? And, and what do you prepare for? I mean, thank goodness you had... Chris, you had not only insurance, but you all had short-term disability. Right, I know exactly. there are very few people who have short-term disability, so yeah. most people would not be getting anything once their once their vacation time ran out. Exactly, yeah, was, they'd be on unpaid 
time off and you still, like you say, you've still got your rent, you've still got your food, you've still got all your yes. other bills. Exactly. So once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. And today we're talking about, you know, how fast you can go bankrupt. I mean, you eat healthy, you can eat from granola every morning, you can jog in the afternoon and you're healthy and you're happy and all this and wham, something happens and you're bankrupt. So that's what this program is about, and I understand America is pretty a special case because we we're the largest, we're the, one of the few Western countries without socialized medicine. Not that I'm for it, but after my major surgery on my little finger, um, I'm kind of more for it. So, Chris, what would you, what advice would you have for people? I think definitely don't ignore your bills. Um, definitely ask for uh, an itemized list of what you're being charged, and they're willing to work with you. Definitely negotiate because it's not a final number. Try to negotiate as much as, as much as you can to lower, and, and they will work with you. Wow. Have you? What happens, Tom, if they can't pay? Their first hammer, so they have uh, uh, certain hammers. Their first hammer is actually your credit report, your credit score, because if they report you as being delinquent, then that shows as a non-payment on your credit score. And your credit score can dip so much that you can't buy a house, you can't buy a car. I mean, for years. Okay, if you go bankrupt, you can't get any kind of any kind of credit for seven, uh, seven to ten years. So you're in very serious trouble if you go bankrupt. Now, medical bankruptcies they tend to be more lenient on than any other kind of bankruptcy. So, you know, there is a, a little bit of that. But really, there's just, to me, this is, you, you want to protect your assets. You know, I mean, you need to protect your assets from your doctor. I mean, you got to protect yourself from your doctor. From Can a, you do that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what that's what Garrett Sutton, our, our attorney on, uh, Rich Dad Attorney on Asset Protection does every day is how do you set aside your assets, you know, so that you, so the, the, <laughs> The hospitals and the insurance company can't get after them. So I'll give you an example. Um, if you if you owe too much money, they, can they take your house? Not in all states. Right. Okay. Like Florida. You have uh, okay. Homestead. Florida. I mean, all states have some kind of homestead exemption. Did they threaten you with that? Or no, it didn't get that far. I didn't allow it to get to to collection. But I have heard some people well, that well, I have. Chris makes a really good point that you can stay on, get on top of this right right away. Don't ignore it. It's like you know, you get a notice from the IRS. Don't don't be throwing it away. Don't be ignoring it because oh, I don't want to deal with that. That this is the type of stuff you've got to you've got to absolutely address and hit head on right away. And uh, you know, I got to give uh, Chris a lot of kudos for actually stepping up and and negotiating and talking to him and calling him and say, who can I work with? And coming up with a payment plan. I mean, I, I'd say most people most people just go, oh, I can't deal with it. I mean, it's a tr I mean, you had a tr ma massive trauma, you know, and yet you still have to deal with life, and exactly. this is part of life. And I'll tell you, you see that number, and it's really fast. You really want to just ignore it and not, not pay attention to it. You figure, you know, what can they do to me after what I've been through? But you definitely want to work with them, and they will. It's just about a communication and keeping in contact with them. Yeah, just to let you know that, you know, like, I have enough money to pay for almost anything, right, Tom? Right. But when I saw that $1,500 was two, two stitches, I went, how does a regular person survive? And then when they hit me for thirty-five thousand and at twenty percent, I was going out at seven thousand. You know, how does an average person making seven thousand a month survive? You know, I have the money to pay for it, but I, that's why this program is on because I'm just in shock right now. Like I said, this, this program when I was a kid, doctor was my friend. Now they're my enemy. Exactly. 
Yeah. You know, there, there's actually a point here to make about the requirement that Obamacare has that you get insurance. A, a lot of young people, and, you know, Chris is young, um, and, uh, you know, a lot of young people go, well, I don't need insurance. But, you know, then you get your stop to stoplight and you get shot. <laughs> exactly. Right? And, and so insurance is not something, is not for going to the doctor every six months. That's not what insurance is for. Insurance is for you nick your finger and it turns out to be 35000 or you stopped at a stoplight, you're on your way to dinner, and you get shot. I mean, right. that's what insurance is for. So, you know, the best financial advice I would ever give anybody when it comes to health care is you absolutely make sure you have insurance. And with Obamacare, at least now, there's an affordable alternative to people that they did not have before if they didn't have a good employer. Good. So this is a final question, Chris, because you were one of those people that Trump's after, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost have to apologize for my friend because he said, well, the people that come across the borders are drug dealers and prostitutes and killers and all this stuff. Wow. To our subject today, and our subject today is, you know, how fast can you go bankrupt? As you know, we're talking about, you know, you can eat well, exercise, you know, watch your diet, not drink, don't do things stupid, but out of the blue like uh, Chris, who works for our company, somebody just shoots her. Or with me, I just nick my finger. It's a quarter-inch cut, and it cost me 35000 bucks. And the reason this is kind of important for me is there was a long time when Kim and I abs- had absolutely no money. You know, we, we didn't have any income, and we had no health insurance and no dental insurance. So I really feel for people today who are in that category, and it was daunting. You know, if Kim got ill... What was I going to do? I didn't have any money. She didn't have any money. You know, go to go to the emergency room. What do you do? So I have a lot of empathy and a lot of personal uh, bad memories from those days. I remember one day my tooth fell out because I didn't. I had never gone to the dentist. It just fell out. And I was going, boy, I better start taking care of myself. But you know, I was paying back nearly a million dollars worth of stuff and c- coming out of the hole. Not much income coming in. So I understand. So that's why this is an important show, and it's also why you know, I'm an advocate of financial education. Thank God I had the ability to come back and come back strong. Tom Wheelwright, who is Rich Dad Advisors, author of Tax-Free Wealth, he's CEO of ProVision. For those of you who want to pay less taxes, I would contact Tom at ProVision. His website is ProVisionWealth.com. And again, thank you to Dr. Peter Provonost. He's the... Uh, Director of Armstrong Institute for Patient Safety and Quality at John Hopkins in Baltimore, Maryland. And Chris, who works with us and telling her story, what it's like being healthy, young, and getting shot just by out of the blue. So you never know when it's going to happen, and that's why this program, I believe, is a very important program because, as Dr. Peter Provano said, 50% of all patients in intensive care have to declare bankruptcy. What do you think about that, Tom? Uh, it's just shocking. It, it, it's just shocking. It, it's, um, you know, it, it's. I, I think about Chris, and I think about you nicking your finger, and I'm going, you know, we think about, okay, well, I'm taking care of myself. Okay, I can do that. But you're not going to prevent yourself from nicking your finger, and you certainly can't prevent being shot at a stoplight. Even even if you're in a good part of town, you can be shot at a stoplight. Well, so. Place. You know, just being prepared for it. I mean, that's to me, that's the the whole thing that I I love about Rich Dad. It's what can I do? 
about it. And, you know, the, the one good thing, you know, you can argue about Obamacare all you want, but everybody now can get insurance. And, and really, most people ought to be able to afford it because of the credits back so that, you, uh, you know, there are credits so that you can afford it. Well, this is my question. How can you afford it if you have no income? Well, because the, they, they actually, I mean, there are a lot of, there, there are actually a lot of uh, ways that you can get uh, either free insurance. You know, if you really are indigent, you really don't have any income. Um, and then on the for the uh, Obamacare, you, you know, you go in and sign up, they will credit you. If your income's low enough, then, you know, they'll pay a substantial portion of that insurance. So it really is much more affordable than it was, you know, three, four years ago. So if you have no jobs, you can still do something. You can still do it, absolutely. Yeah. In the, you know, and we, she talked about my buddy Donald Trump. He's the guy that said we should have health care for all young people, you know, from zero to 18, because why do we spend so much on health care for dying people when they're old? So he says, why not allocate the health care for young people so you don't have those problems when you're old? And I think that's what's going to happen is we have so many young people without health care you know, that they only wait for emergencies. Like I spend today because I have the money, fortunes on health, not sick care. You know, we have a book coming out by my doctor, Dr. Radago Pollan, called A Second Opinion. And it's about there's traditional allopathic medicine, which is medicine, and then there's naturopathic medicine, which is really health care. So we have wealth, we have sick care, and we have health care. And I have the, thank God, I have the resources to spend fortunes on health care. I see my natural pass and exercise and all this stuff. But people who don't have that, they're going to go to sick care. So that's why I think this program is very important. So, Melissa, what's the first question for Ask Robert? Our first question today comes from Eric in Las Vegas, Nevada. Favorite book, Midas Touch. He says, Robert, what do you feel is the biggest threat to your wealth? How do you strategize against this threat? Well, the greatest threat is not being prepared for it. I am into healthcare. That's why I see my naturopath about once a month. I see my chiropractor. I see all these people to stay healthy. But that one little nick in the finger really kind of woke me up. Any comments on that, Tom? Well, yeah, I, I would say you know just like just like um, with anything to do with your money, the the better plan that you have. You know, so you, you're planning for the future. You're planning for your you, – you, you plan as if – for example, when we do a tax return, we, we plan as if that taxpayer is going to get audited. Okay? They're not – probably not going to get audited, but we plan as if they are. Right. So we're prepared for it. And I think the same thing is, can be, be done with your, your health. The same thing can be done with your money is that if you're prepared for it and you've got that plan of action, what am I going to do? You've you got a lot less risk down the road. So the question a lot of times people ask is, what about you know deductible, high deductible or low deductible? What do you say? Well, I you know the the cost of the low deductibles is really expensive. So I, I'm a big fan of look at it. If you can set the the money aside for the deductible, you're probably better off setting the money aside for the deductible and just having that cash set aside than than paying for the higher premium because the premium is so expensive for that five thousand dollar deductible. You're paying a really high premium for that. So that means if you have a choice of a $10,000 deductible or a $5,000 deductible, take the 10000 and set the money aside? Well, I would, I would set the money aside, but it's, more, it's actually more, more likely that it's a choice of a $5,000 deductible or $1,000 deductible. So you're talking about $4,000. You know, set the $4,000 aside. I mean, okay. that, that's just not that much money. Thank you. Next question, Melissa. 
Our next question comes from Sherry in Boston, Massachusetts, favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She says, what's the best way to plan financially for long-term health care for a family of five? I have good health care with Aetna, but other than this, should I be doing something else? Uh, that's beyond my, because don't, we don't know her financial situation, right? Well, well we don't. Well, kids, but I, kids are higher risk. Well, they, they are, but, I, you know, I look at it as you got to plan for whatever eventuality you've got in your life, you know, whether it's health care or whatever. If, if you're wealthy, I mean, like like you, Robert, you go, yeah, I, I paid $35,000, you know, it was a $35,000 bill for my finger, but you can afford it, yeah. okay? So if you can afford it down the road, I mean, to me, the better thing is the financial education. It, it, it's better than having the insurance even is the financial education. I would – you know, I would uh, definitely look at uh, Garrett Sutton's book, right, Asset Protection. Oh, for sure. What do you want to say about that? Because you want to protect yourself because they can come after everything. Right. you got to protect yourself from the medical establishment. I mean, y- y- you really do. That You know, when, when 50% of people that go to the ICU go bankrupt, that that's just telling me that the they don't care. They don't care about the rest of your life. They just care about, okay, well, pay your bill, you know. so Garrett you, Sutton's book is Own, attention. Your, Own Your Own Corporation. Uh, he has a number of books, books, right? There are a number of books but on asset ba- protection. But the basic book, it's the same as protecting yourself from a lawsuit as Garrett Sutton. And uh, I would definitely look into it because they'll come after you. I've seen people lose everything. Yep, no question. So uh, he, Garrett always has a thing. He says, sole proprietor means someday you'll lose everything. everything that, right. that always rings in my head. So you should at least have an LLC or an S corporation. Well, and you look at you can look at trust planning, estate planning. There's all sorts of things you can do to protect yourself. In in addition, don't forget long term care because when you're old, okay, you're going to have a lot of medical expenses. Like you were saying the other day, Robert, most people lose everything in the last two years yeah. of their life because it goes to medical expense. And I've been doing my best to talk to Kim because well, why do I need long term care? I'm healthy. I said. That's when you get it. Right. You know, right now it'd be tough for me to get long-term care because, you know, I'm a walking body full of bolts and things and rickety and all this. So you want to buy insurance before you need it. So what is it called again? Long-term care health insurance. It's like my mother-in-law. She doesn't really have to worry because her husband took out long-term care for her. And that means they'll pay for a full-time nurse to come and live with her, except she doesn't want to live with his nurse. But anyway, if you don't have that, then you're indigent, I guess. Right. So long-term health care, when you're healthy, do it now. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Susan in Buffalo, New York. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What effect do you see on patients with all these mergers in the healthcare industry? That's beyond my scope of my meager brain. Any comments on that, Tom? The analogy I use is the airline industry. What you know, when the airline industry uh, merges and you get fewer airlines, what do you have? You have higher pay. Uh, you, you pay. You pay more for your tickets, and you right? You get those free peanuts. You know what I mean? uh, exactly. Right. So I mean, that's what that's obviously what will happen is is that it becomes more of a monopoly or oligopoly than what happens is that there's less pressure on um, you know on how much they charge. Well, the big the big thing is not longer health care. It's run by the insurance companies. It's not run by the doctors. And we were talking earlier, the doctors are quitting in droves, right? Oh, they are. I, I, I have clients right and left that are doctors that they're <laughs> – the reason they love Rich Dad and the reason they come to ProVision is they go, I need – I want to have – be financially free so I don't have to be a doctor anymore because – uh, Medicare keeps cutting, you know, what I get paid. And so they're not getting paid nearly as much as they used to. But clearly, health care costs are still going up. 
So the pharmaceutical companies, insurance companies, and hospitals. Let me just say one more thing because I'm not saying this is going to happen, but my doctor said to me he can see it coming, is that it's going to be run by CPAs. <laughs> he says healthcare is going to be run by accountants. I, I not don't think there's doctors. any question. Unless we keep want to keep ballooning healthcare costs, we're going to have some budgeting. That means the. That means your 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 friendly doctor will say, "I'm sorry, I can't treat you. I got to ask permission from this administrator who is a CPA." Oh, I, I think that's already happening. Yeah, so that's why my friend was a doctor is getting out. Next, which means there'll be fewer doctors and higher costs. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Andrea, North Carolina. Favorite book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. She says, I exercise, I eat well, I take care of myself, all trying to avoid getting sick. There are people out there who don't take care of themselves and I feel live off the system. My question is, why won't my insurance pay for my gym membership or reward me for taking care of myself? Do you see this changing in the future? Shouldn't people get rewarded for living well, either with a tax break or a health insurance break? Well, the problem is that it makes sense. You know, <laughs> why do something that makes sense? Any comments on that, Tom? Well, I mean, I, she, she brings up a good point. You, you don't get a tax deduction for it either. If you want to really know what the policy is of the United States, uh, the policy of your government, look at the tax law. And the policy of the government in the tax law is you get a deduction for sick care, not for health care. And if that's the policy of the government in the tax law, it's going to be the policy of the, of the government with every other aspect. Right. So once again, thanks for your question. You can submit your questions to askrobert at richdadradio.com. 